This episode of the Upland Nomads podcast is brought to you by Kuga Vest. Kuga Vest is a lightweight and durable dog vest made of 1,000 denier cordura fabric. It is meant to protect the chest, back, side, and underbelly of your dogs from things such as briars, fencing, stubble, and any other type of vegetation or hazards you can run into in the field. Kuga Vest, it's serious protection for the active canine. Check them out at kugavest.com. That is C-U-G-A vest.com. This episode is also brought to you by Fit and Fetch Outdoors. Fit and Fetch Outdoors is a CBD soft shoe supplement for your dogs. This shoe has been life-changing for animals all over the United States. They're helping dogs sleep better, improving their appetites, and most importantly, easing the pain, which we all know is the most important thing when it comes to our hunting companions. I highly suggest you check them out. I use them on my own dog, and she does great on them. It releases her anxiety and everything. Check them out on their website, fitandfetchoutdoors.com. And do not forget, when you check out, to enter our code UPLAND10. You are now listening to the Upland Nomads Podcast. Sit back and join us on our adventure. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Upland Nomads podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Michael, and we have a very special guest. We have Chewy Garcia from Cash Setters on. Chewy, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name's Chewy Garcia, and uh, I'm the owner of Cash Setters. Uh, we run Llewellyn's. I live here in southeast Iowa. We've had our kennel up and going probably 2013 when we started with our first litter there. Do it. A lot of wild bird hunting and uh, some guiding on the side. Do you, uh, is that all you do is just work on your, work at your kennel or? No, no, we, uh, so I, I started in uh, construction and uh, we were starting a family. So now we, uh, I work here in DuPont, got off the road working, uh, work here at DuPont where we make ink and uh, it works out perfect. You know, we, we got quite a few days off during the week or every other weekend. So it, uh, times out pretty good for uh, bird dog work and uh, the family life. That's nice. Yeah. I say uh, besides uh, training and breeding dogs, do you have any other hobbies that you do on the side? Uh, you know, we uh, probably the last couple of years, uh, the wife and I, we've actually gotten into uh, some sporting clays during the summer. Uh, nothing competitive or anything like that, but uh, we try to make it up to the range as much as we can. Uh, so we've been getting into that with the boys, uh, just kind of dragging them along with us. They're not shooting yet. Other than that, we uh, do some do some fishing, some UTV riding, make quite a few trips up to Wisconsin with the family, kind of spend a, a long weekend or short weekend at times, uh, just cruising trails. Is that a jaunt to Wisconsin or? Uh, for us, where we can start riding, it's about right at three hours. We yeah. can uh, we can drop the side by side down and, and take off. So. It's not too bad. How far are the grouse woods then? Uh, the grouse woods, you know, it, it kind of depends what state you want to go in. Um, but uh, I do a lot of hunting up there, kind of on the Wisconsin UP border. So it's yeah. roughly between eight, nine hours, I'd say. So we do got grouse in Iowa. I, I've yet to harvest one in the bag. Uh, and that's about a three and a half hour drive for me. Uh, I got on a kick for about oh, two or three years straight where it was a uh, I was taking some fall weekends up there, some winter weekends, and uh, trying to get one in. We we had a an awesome day one day where we got into quite a few grouse, but I I just couldn't get a shot. Could have did the old ground and pound deal over Jack, but it just that's not us, you know. Everything over the point, up in the air. But it was a uh, yeah. We got into some birds. Uh, about lost my gun. About lost the uh, my life. You know, I was falling down this hillside on some ice in January. <laughs> And uh, guns all the way at the bottom. I'm at the halfway through hanging on a tree and yelling at Mandy not to come down. I dragged her along that trip with us. But, uh, no, it was good. We uh, got into quite a few birds that trip, and great to see it was. Hopefully it wasn't a super nice gun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was nice to me. Um, uh, it was. But, yeah, no, it was good. That's what they're meant for. That's what I keep telling myself. Yep. Didn't break? Oh, no, not that trip. It didn't. <laughs> okay so i did i did break on a different trip then <laughs> yeah i did yep yep uh, what kind of gun was it uh it's a Franke instinct uh this one was a 20 gauge so i, I started off i'm a big fan of Frankies. uh they fit me really well nice and light 
and uh, I started off with a 12 gauge and then I moved to a 20. I've uh, been shooting 20 since, so probably the last five, six years, maybe. Nice. Hey, so, like, say, what was the big selling point for you to switch to the 20 then? Um, you know, it, it was just uh, the 12 gauge, you know, it's a lighter gun, of course, but you know, you, you're, you run those three inch shells on your late season roosters, you feel a pretty good kick, which you don't ever really notice it or anything, you know, when you're out there. But I just felt like I didn't need a 12 gauge anymore. I was starting to become a better shot. So I guess more of the challenge started going towards the 20 and, uh, yeah, I, I shoot everything with a 20 now I've actually been kind of tossing around the idea of a 28 gauge. So recently I, I had a, a, a friend client kind of dropped one off to me, try out this summer. So, uh, we're shooting a Franke uh, 28 right now. Uh, we're going to start with some sporting clays. Nice. Do you have any snow down there? No, it's a, uh, it was 70 degrees today. Oh. To say I'm jealous yep. would be saying not it's, too much. <laughs> yeah, but you guys could use the moisture, so it's good. That, that's what I was telling yeah. Michael. I was like, the birds need the moisture out in western North Dakota. Yeah, it's a. I'll tell you, out there, out west, probably what last handful of years, it's been tough. I think you guys had a pretty good hell storm come through, took quite a few out. Uh, yeah, a few, handful of years back, and then uh, it's just been hit and miss each season. Yeah, I think that was what 20, 2018. Something like I don't, that, probably. We went out there and we hunt kind of by that mott area and it was bad. I think we walked, we hunted out there for a few days and then uh, I think we shot, I don't know, I think I shot a bird that whole time. Yeah. And uh, then we went up to Richardson and I think we did shoot like a dozen by Richardson. But. Sure. Yeah, we have a we have a super good friend up there in Richardson. Uh, he's actually the one who got me in Llewellyn's. So yeah, he uh, tried to make try to meet up with them when we can but it's been a been kind of tough the last few years getting up there so going into your Llewellyn's kind of going into your kennel when did you start cash setters uh we started the kennel in 2013 we had we had jack and jess a couple years prior and uh we were starting to do some guiding got into some wild bird hunting Uh, we had a local preserve here where we were guiding at and it was uh coming to where basically i need more dog power back then i was like well you know jack and jess are doing good i didn't know what i had at the time you know just getting into the the dog world again myself you know i took a little break getting back into it we ended up having a litter and i kept the pup out of that breeding and that's pal if you look and uh, see dog that's with us he was our, our first breeding after that it just kind of took off from there started producing some some fairly nice uh dogs kind of the hunt style we're looking for, you know, I call ourselves big meat dogs, you know, just get out there and, uh, and hunt, you know, we, there's times we're hunting, you know, four five, six hours at a time. All depends where you're at, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's great. I say, uh, so that's kind of what led you to start is just having more uh, dog power. To yeah. Start breeding, I, or? Yeah. I was needing more dog power just, uh, basically for, for guiding at the time. And then, uh, got a few pups out there. The family was started getting real involved, you know, Grayson came along, he was getting in or he was already a couple years old and we ended up having another litter the following year. And, uh, just, it just kind of really evolved. Uh, we started putting dogs out there a little bit everywhere, really got to, to know the, the hunt style of our dogs, you know, explain to people and that's what people were wanting. Okay. Then why the Wellens? Like what, did, what got you started with Wellens? So that, that that good friend I mentioned up there in uh, Richardson, he's the one that had the first Llewellyn I ever seen. Um, you know, growing up, we had Britneys. Uh, I had some English pointers when I was in high school. And I think I was probably probably right around 18, 19. And I ran behind my first Llewellyn. You know, he had these for, uh, for a few years now, and he always talked about them. And I got to hunt behind one for the first time. And it was just like, like starstruck, you know, as... Yeah. Just sitting there watching this dog out there work and it, it just for me that's exactly what i was wanting um it's like every time you go out it was almost like telling a story with it you know it, like natural instincts of course everyone's got natural instincts but they're just a different breed you know they got different styles sometimes they're setting sometimes they're all crooked when they're on point um you got your little cat stock tracking that they got going on and it, yeah. it just drew me right to them so what's a can you describe a set like our listeners like what is yeah set? uh so a set is basically the dog's laying down um or they're running full speed 
and their belly's hitting the ground or it's like an inch or two off the ground. Looks like they're, they call it a set. looks like they're laying down. They, uh, it's, it's actually a point. I got to explain this to all the guys that I'm, I, I take guiding. I go, these dogs are going to, going to hit scent. And when they hit scent, they're going to slam. They're either going to be setting or they're be crooked or they could be standing. You never know when you get there. How long did it take to uh, get your first Llewellyn after you saw him in action? Uh, after we see him in action, you know, it was probably that following, uh, uh, summer, a good friend, Bob, he's, he had a litter and he asked, uh, if I wanted one, you know, there was a, a runt that was in the litter and Mandy and I was doing some dog sitting and we actually had to hand feed her, um, for a handful of days, you know, why Bob and, and his family was gone on vacation. And so we took care of her and just kind of fell in love. I think pups were getting ready to go home. He asked if I wanted her and, uh, yeah, we took her and, uh, just kind of sold us on the breed right away. That one is which dog that you had? Oh, uh, so we don't have her anymore. Uh, okay, her name sorry is- about that. No, you're, you're good. Um, her name was sis. So this was probably back in 2001, uh, when we had sis and then it, we end up getting Jess. Well, it'd been 11 years ago. She's uh she's 11 now. Uh, it was actually the same sire as sis. So yeah, it kind of, it was, it was, uh, Tux the sire. It was his last breeding that he did. So, uh, we were really wanting a pup out of him. And, uh, that's when we got Jess. How many dogs do you have now? <laughs> just yourself. Right now we have nine, nine, nine oh, and growing. Yeah. We, uh, we got how many, a couple, how many boys, how many girls? So we got, uh, four boys and then, uh, five girls, you know, that some of the girls are going to be coming. Uh, Jess is retired. You know, she's 11 years old. Um, and when I say retired, I mean, retired from the breeding program. She's okay. just a uh, house dog hunting dog. You know, she's, she still rolls out there really well with the, the four and five year olds. So yeah, we're, uh, Looking at expanding, uh, we've been bringing in some females, hopefully to add them to the program. And uh, some make it, some don't. It's just uh, what we're looking for in, in our program that's going to fit. How many, with that many dogs, how many uh, sets of pups do you have a year? Right now, we're pushing probably right around four litters a year. Um, occasionally, we'll, we will end up with, uh, with five. You know, we got some uh, awesome clients that uh will let the let us uh breed their female and yeah. uh, pull puppies out of them so uh they don't live here with us but they're uh, with awesome families you know we uh just uh the cash setters is just it's one big family you know with with yeah. everyone so yeah they're they're awesome help us out and uh, a couple of them are wanting to get into it themselves and we're kind of helping them along the way so yeah do you train at your kennel <laughs> as well uh, we do, you know, we, we only train our stock now. Uh, well, you're you, yeah. So with, with working at DuPont, you know, it still kind of limits us to, uh, how many dogs we can work, you know, and, and get the, the quality that you're, you're looking for, you know? So yeah, we do invite, you know, during the summer, spring and summer months, we invite some of the clients back and they'll come spend a weekend with us and we can go over some, some training tips with them. We do that quite a bit. Um, during season, there's times where we set up. I'll call it a controlled hunt, you know, so yeah. we can get their, get their dogs on quite a few birds, but, uh, kind of explain exactly how their dogs working and how they're scenting and, and everything, you know, and what to look for. So would you consider that almost like a, is it like a perk to getting a pup from you guys? Or is it kind of like a side, Hey, we'll train your dog too, to start with, or is it, do you do it all the time? Um, you know, if they're wanting us to train, you know, some folks to pay for the training fee with it. But, uh, you know, when they get a pup from us, we're very much involved. Like I said, it's a family and we're, we're very much asking, how's your pup doing? How things going? You know, uh, how's training going is if it's not working out too well, then we'll send you some videos. If you're, if you're a little far off, you know, you can't make it here. Uh, we'll send you some videos and then we'll do some, some, uh, FaceTime, you know? So yeah, it's a, we, we want the best of both worlds for the, the pup and, and the, the home. So, uh, with that, do you, uh, recommend your, your like clients to get them on like birds right away then too, or like shortly yeah. thereafter? Yeah. As, as soon as you can, uh, usually, you know, they send the deposit in and once the pups start, uh, we do the breeding, I'm usually bugging them. Can you find pigeons? Look for pigeons, you know, uh, <laughs> pigeons are awesome for, for training a young pup. You know, they always fly is what's awesome about them. But yeah, that's what I wish I would have. <laughs> 
if I wasn't like a rookie when I was uh, training my German short hair. Sure. I wish I would have been. I took him to a game farm a couple times, but he probably could have a little more bird contacts. But sure. He's at two and now he's doing really good. But yep. Yeah. Uh, birds the first make season. Dogs. Right. This year I got a guy I've contacted actually Ryan and got mm-hmm. some names for to get some birds for the summer. Probably be Chucker. I don't have a, a place to keep uh pigeons. Yep. I mean I guess I do. My fiance's parents farm, but uh <laughs> they might kill me if I <laughs> and I'm just getting married. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Get married first and then start that, that uh, conversation. Yeah. Well, we might be getting another puppy here by June. So we're still kind of nice talking about Uh, it. Yep. We, uh, we have some clients that throughout the week they'll go under and uh, catch pigeons, you know, uh, the farms or whatnot, they'll set up a pigeon trap or whatnot. And then come the weekend, that's their, their training that they use. So yeah, that's nice. Do a lot of people come in by your setters just to have as just a family dog too? Um, you know, it's a, do you, do you like vet your clients kind of, we really want a, a hunt home for the dog. Um, so it's a, it, it, it is family first because they're living in house with them. Right. But yeah, it's a family first hunt and second, but they absolutely need that, uh, that exercise. They need to be worked on birds and that's what they live for. Right. How do they handle the burrs? Uh, you said the like the cockaburrs. Yeah. Oh, they clean the fields with them. Trust me. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> up there at Highland, I think Ryan gives us the the first hunt so we can clean the fields for everyone. But yeah, you know, <laughs> they get full of them. You know, especially at the start of season before the first frost. It, you know, we keep them combed out quite a bit. You know, it's it might be like a ten minute combing session. You know, I, I explain to everyone it's our bonding time. Um, it's just they don't really like that kind of bonding time, but it is what it is. Mike, Michael gets that bonding time quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, it, that's true. Yeah. So if you instead of combing, it's her hair's all thick and curly that instead of combing it, you have to almost pick one by one. Oh yeah. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. I am lucky to have not have that luxury. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing out. Trust me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My dog's already. Oh, it's, I took him to the vet. I was supposed to go take him to the vet. I thought today, but it's apparently it's tomorrow. Uh, but I took him, he got sick, and I took him to the vet. And COVID and everything, I we weren't able to go in to the vet with him. We just dropped him off, and they come pick him out of the car. No kidding. Well, so I hadn't been into the vet with him for the first time since the first time we got him. Mm-hmm. And since we got him, he went to the vet to get his balls cut off. And then uh, SOB. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> And then he got in a, he got in another fight with the dog at daycare and got ripped open on his side and had mm-hmm. to go back for surgery and stitches. So I brought him in there, and as soon as he walked in, he was all excited walking in, and he got in the door, and he was like, nope, heck that, I'm <laughs> out of here. I remember what happened last time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? Like, why why don't you want to be in here? He just stood by the door and I'd literally carry him to the table. Yep. (laughs) Hey guys, just thought we could take a quick break here to let you know that this episode of the Upland Nomads podcast is also brought to you by Jeb's Choke Tubes and Mossy Oak Outdoor Dog. I highly suggest that you go check them out. Now let's get back to it. So sticking with your kennel, how did you come about the name Cash Setters? Uh, so, So Cash Setters, Cash is... Grayson's middle name. Um, I fought and was wanting Grayson's first name to be Cash, but we settled on his middle name. And when we were starting the kennel, I, I called him Cash at the time. So that's just kind of that's how it came about. Nice. That's my next dog. That's my next dog's name. <laughs> Cash. It's a, it's a good name. Everyone, uh, we, we, after, we got a few clients out there that use that name with their pups when they get them. After the best singer. Yeah, there you go. I'm a big Johnny Cash fan. So. So, Chewie, get into your hunting background. Mm-hmm. When did you get started with upland bird hunting? Uh, it, it started when we were, when I was young, growing up with dad. Um, you know, 10, 12, there's always that when you hit 12, you can carry a gun, you know. Yeah. Um, so, out there with dad, running behind the Britneys, uh, we would hunt quite a bit with our uncles. And at the time, it was just uh, 
to me, as I look at it now, it was just uh, you're, you're walking ditch lines, you know, where yeah. uh, now basically I'm walking nice open fields and just looking for that needle in the haystack. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's when it started and it kind of died off a little bit. You know, I quit hunting from probably right around 2003, uh, almost uh, when I got Jess, uh, right around 2011, you know, I started working construction and was on the road quite a bit. So I just didn't have the time to do it. And when I was probably 30, 31, 32, and I was getting Jess, I started getting back into it pretty heavy. And then it just kind of took off from there. Uh, had some, some friends that would make some trips, you know, a good friend that he'd make some trips here and there. And that really sparked me, you know, just the, the West, you know, he was always going West. And uh, I made a few trips uh, with him. And just, uh, just fell in love with just exploring, you know, behind the bird dogs. Did you grow up in like that part of Iowa then that you live in now? Yeah. Right in the Southeast corner. Basically we're, if we're going to get into shootable numbers, we probably got to go, you know, we hunt all public land where I'm at right now. Uh, we got to travel probably about an hour and a half, two hours before we start getting into nice numbers that you can shoot on public property. Both pheasant and quail, or quail, you have to go farther? Or? Uh, you know, quail probably got to go a little bit further to the west for us. Spend a, we used to spend, oh, a day or so out western Iowa and just kind of hunt our way back home, spend a couple days out there and uh, just work our way back and hunt the, the southern border. We would run, run into quite a few quail that way, but most of the time it's, uh, it's pheasants that we're getting into. Do you, since you're in Iowa, do you hunt? just upland birds are you a deer hunter or <laughs> i am just an upland guy uh, right. everyone uh looks at me i'm in big buck country you know uh where i'm at there's there's monster bucks everywhere and uh especially just a little bit half hour to the west of us it's uh it's main buck country but yeah we're just upland guys i say you guys don't even have much public land in iowa like we had a guy on our last podcast from iowa and Iowa bird chaser actually and oh yeah yep. and he we were talking just because he's what he's trying to do just the amount of public land you guys don't have was like he said 95 to 97 percent private yeah it's uh they're small sections you know every now and then you run across a, a couple hundred acre field but yeah for the most part it, they're small kind of scattered out all over so I mean you're you're doing some driving looking for it's not like me and Michael last, uh, <laughs> last fall, we hunted one wildlife management area that was, uh, 30,000 acres. Yeah. That's crazy. It wasn't that great, but <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, a, there's a lot of acres there for those birds to be congregated to one spot. It but, yeah. It wasn't like it was prime pheasant hunting in North Dakota, but it was, and it, apparently we didn't even do our research, but apparently that place got hit by the drought probably the worst oh, sure. north dakota yeah we were talking to some guys from wisconsin and they uh were like this is the worst we've ever seen it uh man we still shot we still shot close to our limit the one day that we're, like our full day that we we're out there but mm-hmm. what's funny was they <laughs> they came and talked to my mother and i got to the campground we set up the tent and we're like well let's just go drive around and see if we can find something well we went didn't realize the road was a dead end to the north of us and drove up there and was driving and like a big covey of sharpies flew right in front of my truck and landed on the road oh man <laughs> and they walked into the the short grass well what rigs all the truck grabbed our stuff rigs went on point we both shot a sharpie walked it down and back and i ended up shooting my limit of sharpies and then ended up shooting us surprise rigs went on point right at the fence line i was like oh another one right here i was like oh tim come over here and got up right at the fence line. It was a rooster. I was like, Oh, that was a nice return on investment. I thought it was going to be a Sharpie. So a Sharpie. Nice. Was, and the guys were like, yeah, we're not seeing much for birds. And I was like, well, we just, we didn't say where we <laughs> went, but yeah, we were out for like a half hour and we shot uh, five Sharpies and one rooster. So man, we thought it was going to be pretty good, but yeah. it was, <laughs> it wasn't, uh, we did okay. The next day our shooting sure. was, uh, subpar too so <laughs> got cocky didn't you yeah my shooting usually is subpar anyway but <laughs> <laughs> yeah we ended up getting on one field 
everywhere we tried we got we shot a couple early in the morning but then we got into one cr we found a crp field and there was birds galore in there it got nice. it got a little western sure so do you take your kids hunting or your kids come with you at all or yeah i do take them off and on i try to take them mostly up to the preserves you know hunt hunt with us that way first uh season here in iowa the, the covers super thick where we're hunting and it's uh it's tough for them to get through every now and then there's a ryan up there at highland they don't have very many trails but you know there's a usually a path that the kids can take and we'll just go for a walk but uh Grayson, when he was uh, two, three years old, I I drag him out on my guides quite a bit, and I, I I push him through this jogging stroller. We had to rebuild this thing, probably two or three different times. You know, the wheel axles would break or or something would happen. You know, but it uh, actually worked out pretty well. I could toss the birds right underneath him, and every now and then he'd catch a nap. And that's just <laughs> that, we we did that for a few years. Yeah, it worked out pretty good. Well, circling back with your kids, your kids now help you with the kennel at all or they do you know they uh they're a big part of our socializing with our puppies you know they uh handling them all you know if if they're home they're handling the puppy they're uh why wouldn't you (laughs) yeah right (laughs) exactly they're uh they're there from day one you know they've seen them born early mornings they're being born they're headed off to school they come back the litter's there and you know everyone's just uh uh it's like kid at christmas you know is, is is how it is but yeah very helpful you know the family's awesome with the the, the kennel everyone's involved so it's a, it's good that's good i'll say good to get them involved early yeah you yep. do you guide then at this uh hunting preserve yeah we guided uh it's highland hunting is where we're at now we've been them with them three seasons now and it's it's awesome uh, terrain you know that they, they groom it very much for upland hunting and it's uh it's not like your typical preserve you know we, we've hunted on quite a few in the off season uh with the wild birds being shut down but uh this one the birds they're wild you know they're they're giving you a hunt weather's nice they're running you know you got to pin them down and it gets cold sometimes you can you can uh pin them a little bit sooner but they're uh, it's a wild bird experience it really is good what would you say like the big difference is between this preserve and others to where why they get their birds to act like they're wild like you said uh ryan he you know ryan's uh he's a very smart guy you know he's he's put a lot of work into it they still they put a ton of work into their their grooming their fields the birds they have you know they're they're strong they're jumping and taking off like wild ones you know it's just a uh, a lot of it's uh, Ryan and the crew that they have, you know, they really put a lot of work into it. Nice. That's pretty cool. So how often do you guide then during like during the season and during the off season? So you run into, so we usually do some fall trips and then we'll get back in October, end of October, first uh, of November. So then, then we'll start guiding for them maybe two, three times a week, I'd say through November, December, and then January. It, it kind of starts slowing down a little bit. Uh, sometimes it'll pick back up in February, March, but yeah, it's a, uh, we get up there quite a bit. We do. It's uh, about an hour North of us right at about 55 minutes from our kennel. I say, I wish we had that luxury here. We don't have that anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I would love to run my dog or just be a member just to get them out and keep my shooting accuracy up. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I, guess I know most, uh, those places also offer like trap shooting as well. Yeah, absolutely. They, uh, they got some five stands that they got set up there. And then like these summer months, these spring summer months when their season's down, uh, they got a really nice sporting clays course that they set up. So that's, nice. uh, yeah, we get up there quite a bit. Uh, Mandy and I meet up with Ryan, his family and, uh, yeah, do some oh, really? shooting. Oh yeah. You mentioned you come to North Dakota. Have you just shot pheasants? You've gotten the Sharpies and Huns when you've been out here? Or? Yeah, so it's been a few years since we've been out. Probably probably five years since we've been up to North Dakota. And uh, last trip we were there, it was strictly uh, grouse and Huns. So we came oh, really? in, um, it would have been probably mid to end, end of September is when we came. We started shooting on uh, grouse there. Oh, so I don't think there's like a, after getting like, 
this year focusing on grouse right away early in the season. I don't know if there's a better like bird to hunt right away for a, especially a young pup or like a pup just yeah. uh on its like first year hunting or first full year. They uh hold really nice for for a young pup. Or they seem sometimes. To. Some, <laughs> yeah. I say later in the season they don't. They don't. But yeah. I say yeah. no. We got into some like early in the season and they just hold nice little ones and twos and able to pick them off. Yeah. And be able for the dog work. But it, it was tough too because it decided to rain the one time it rained this whole summer <laughs> that opening weekend. So sure. Do you go anywhere else besides uh Iowa then or do you just Yeah. Uh so in the about Wisconsin, but yeah. So in the you know in the falls, you know, September, October, we're kind of traveling around a little bit. Um like that year it would have been a handful of years ago, four or five years. We ran to North Dakota, then we dropped down into Wyoming a week after that, and we hunted sage grouse down there. And then, uh, be a blast. Oh man, we had a hell of a year one year. So we hunted, hunted North Dakota, Wyoming, then we went up to UP all within like a month. You know, it was, oh, a, it was crazy. I, I got, I got an awesome wife. She takes, uh, she takes care of stuff when I'm gone and the boys. And hopefully, uh, like this year, Grayson's going to be going with me. So he'll be making the trip out to uh, Wyoming with us. Okay. Do you go to Wyoming every year then? or I try to, you know, I, I really like hunting sage grouse. And oh. when I, when I say hunting, I don't care if I shoot a bird, you know, they're, they're on the, the verge of extinction. You know, I, yeah. I like, I like running the, the sage flats. And I think that'd be fun too. You yeah. You run the Hans out there too. Cause they, are in sage flats as well uh, where, where we're at we don't see any huns uh it's, it's strictly just sage grouse where we're where we hunt uh, we got a really good friend out there he uh we're over kind of on the western part of the state and it's just uh i just love walking it it's i, I feel so free out there you know uh, just with the dogs and and rocking and rolling you know you're looking for that needle in the haystack sometimes you find it sometimes you don't so I was going to ask you, how is hunting sage grouse? Because I don't want some of my bucket list to do sometime in my life, but hopefully sooner rather than later right now. But yeah, it's a, it, it's tough. You know, you can, uh, sometimes when you get on them, you get on them, but, uh, you gotta go find them, find out where they're at. So is it uh, one per day or like two per day or just one two, overall? Two a day right now is what you're going to miss. Yep. And you know, so we'll, we'll hunt uh sage grouse in the morning and then we'll go up in the mountains and and look for blue grouse in the in the yeah. afternoon or or go find a fishing fishing hole uh, nice yeah it's always nice uh do you ever do chucker or anything like that i haven't done any chucker we just uh we put some dogs out in chucker country and i okay. I, I get i get invites and uh that's on our bucket list to do it is yes, i know michael and i talked about headed out to uh wyoming later in the season to like the bighorn mm-hmm. basin area and possibly chasing chucker but we'll see with gas prices are the way they are now we already got yeah. a trip to montana plans so nice uh sharp tails out there yeah sharpies and huns hopefully yeah nice. uh, that labor day weekend the opening weekend oh sure might be able to get some uh, uh sage grouse too uh with license we were gonna buy i don't think we can do the sage grouse gotcha so we're just gonna look at doing like the 72 hour license and we're gonna go and i'll gotcha. let you know if the place we're gonna go to had sage grills or not but, sure but yeah be a good time yeah hopefully it's a good time hopefully uh bird numbers are good this year and this uh 24 inches are gonna get out there i think it'll help but i think it'll take a lot more than that but, oh uh, i think it will but it'll be a good start to the spring for them yep you bet so do you have to go through like uh specific training for your dogs when you go out there for like snakes and everything like that you know I, I, I never hunted South Dakota or Nebraska in the fall. And the reason is just because I always hear people running the snakes. And it's just, I, I never want to put my dogs into that, that uh, predicament, you know. Fortunately, I've never ran into one while we're out there in uh, North Dakota or Wyoming, Montana. I just, I just never seen one. So, I, no, I don't. I, I was vaccinating them before we'd go out. You know, just a, it's not a, a cure all thing by any means, but it, you know, it buys us some time, but, uh, we just carry some Benadryl with us. And, and for the most part there, I don't think they'd ever mess around with one. You know, we see them quite a bit here in Iowa and fall and they just, they just go buy them. 
I guess we don't we don't have those. I'm deathly afraid of snakes, so I, we try to avoid going <laughs> out west west until it's like 30s, 40s. And yep, yep. Say I because they do have them in western North Dakota, not here, but sure. I don't even know if they have them. I don't think they have them where Michael's at either. No, they usually pretty, say uh, you got to go west of the Missouri is what they usually say to find yeah. uh, the rattlesnakes. But heard stories here and there of finding them on the east side, but it's few and far between. I know when I talked to Tyler from Birds, Boots, and Buds, because I was trying to figure out where I could go and not get into stakes. He's like, well, just stay <laughs> on the east side of the Mississippi. He's like, might There's have a little a... tougher hunting, but you yep. won't see snakes. And if you do, let me know, because because I haven't seen one over here. There's a lot of times, you know, you're out there walking, and you get a couple hours into your walk, and you're not finding any birds. And you start looking around, you're just, there ought to be snakes out here. And then you kind of start psyching yourself out, you know. I don't even think about it because I think about it. I don't want to be out there. <laughs> yeah, right. It is what it is then. I tell myself we're committed. So that's like we're committed to Montana. But we've also heard that there people don't really haven't really ran into them out there really either. So the part we're going. Oh, yeah. They don't they don't have them there at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, someone I tell myself they don't have them there. Yep, exactly. I said my dog hasn't done anything ever to a snake. We've seen them. But they're just gardener snakes. So I get made fun all the time. So a prairie chicken's on my bucket list. And and it has been for some time now. I've never shot one or hunted, you know, had an opportunity for one. I get invited, you know, with some some awesome friends of ours. And I just South Dakota or Nebraska. And I nope, not doing it. We can, I'll wait till it gets cold. But uh, yeah, and I'm sure it gets a lot tougher once it gets cold too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The birds are. We went this uh this last season with a client of ours, a good friend too. We were trying to get some chickens and first of season, they were getting into quite a few, but you know, they get educated just like every other species. And yeah, it was, uh, it was tough. We see, we've seen a couple, but 300 yards away, you know? Yeah. Well, I want, I was hoping to do that this year in Minnesota. Then I was looking at the regulations and found that now that I'm not a Minnesota resident, I can't do it. I don't I think Ryan has done it before. Yeah, I think you're right. I believe, uh, I remember seeing a photo with him with a chicken no that would be a fun one but i mean sharpies are close second (laughs) (laughs) that'll work for you i don't know i like chasing sharpies probably as much as i like chasing huns but huns are kind of just like that bird that it's like oh crap there's a hun usually not just one yeah yeah most of the time it's not just one all right chewy we kind of do this like rapid no it's not rapid fire questions at the end we're just gonna go through some questions uh for a guess so Question number one, what is your favorite upland bird to hunt? Right now, I'd probably say quail. Something about a quail and a covey rise, it's uh, just mesmerizing to me. And uh, good dog work on a, a covey, kind of been breathtaking for me. So it's uh, something that uh, we make some trips down to Kansas. Everybody's saying Kansas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Everybody been, we talk to you. Yeah, uh, Kansas. Uh, we went down to Oklahoma, got in some there. It's just that, that uh, precious little bird. You know, I, I, I keep calling them, you know, it's just, uh, I, I love them. They're fun to run behind. I say, I think that'd be a pretty fun hunt too. I said, yeah. I know, I know Kansas isn't too far of a drive, but I would not know what I was looking for either with quail, but yeah, and, and that's the thing. You know, we, you talk to people, talk to people, but you know, when it comes down to it, you just set the dogs down and, and just roll with it. Yeah. And if you don't find any, you don't go back. I say, well, if you don't put boots on the ground, you ain't going to know anyway. So, yep. All right, so question number two we have for you. This one might be a little bit of a no-brainer, but I'm going to ask <laughs> it anyway. What's your favorite dog breed? And part two of it is what's your favorite dog breed to hunt with? Well, uh, it's uh, it's out there, you know, Lou Ellens. It's a story every time we go out, you know, and, and that's what we love about the breed, the dogs themselves. Uh, just really enjoy hunting behind the uh, Lou Ellen. We do hunt behind some really nice short hairs, you know, some good friends of ours that they do uh, enjoy hunting behind them. There's a lot of similarities there with them, but uh, nothing's beating a Llewellyn for us. I say they are a pretty dog. I tried convincing the fiance, yep. but if she if she had her way, we'd be getting a Griffin. A poodle? No, a Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She likes she likes the wire hair Griffins, and I don't mind them either. But you bet, I like my short hair. So what's like? So you said short hairs. If you had another dog that you wanted to hunt behind, or you have hunted behind. What would be your like second favorite? Uh, it, it'd probably be these short hairs we hunt behind. You know, this uh, 
this kennel, real good friends of ours that they put some really nice dogs out. Like I said, they're, they're fairly similar to our Llewellyn's. They're hunting machines. They really are a great temperament at home. So yeah. Temperament at home is always a nice thing. Yep. Ours is kind of, I said, ours is finally settled down. <laughs> What's not question number three. What's your best hunting memory? Um, so this one's going to be an upland one. So everyone knows Jack Man's my kind of my, he, he's my main man here at the kennel. You know, I've been kind of all over the, the United States with this guy. One hunt memory, you know, it, it always sticks in. And, uh, Facebook always has this memory and this picture always pops up with him. But I was out there with my good buddy, Bob. We were out in uh, North Dakota and hunting sharp tails. Uh, he had his, his pup Joey down at the time. I had Jack and pal. We got up over the hill. We were out in the Badlands, got up, and dogs are locked up. And as soon as we start moving forward, Covey rises there. And I shoot one, drop it right in front of Pal, and I see another one coming over, and I shoot it. And I swore I hit it, right? But it just keeps coasting down the hill. And Pal brings me one of his. Uh, I can't remember if Bob and Joey got one or not. I look down at my GPS because I don't see Jack around. And I'm looking down, and it's like 284 yards Jack is. And that sucker ran that whole way. That bird must have fell dead, picked it up, and he comes running up the hill with it in his mouth. And I, I got this photo. I'll never forget. He's just trucking. You could tell he was tired. He's just trucking <laughs> up that big old hill. And it was a big one. He got up there, and it, it just like was in awe. And it's, it's something that's always stuck with my mind. It has. So did you mount that one then? I didn't. No, I didn't mount no. that one. Yeah, it's it's the one that probably should have got mounted, but uh, no, it uh, and it only had a single BB in there. It did. Oh, so. really? So it was, it was nice. Yep, yep. He uh, he knew it got hit. You know, a lot of times they they chase our dogs a run, um, but 40, 50, 60 yards, they they'll do a, a circle back to us. You know, uh, if they're not falling by then. But uh, yeah, he was on it. Nice. So question number four we have here for you. What's the favorite place that you have ever traveled to to hunt? Uh, this one's tough. Um, you know, I, I, I love Wyoming a lot uh, going out there. But, uh, you know, Alaska, we, we spent some time up there and just had a blast. Mandy made the trip with me. We, we uh, met our good friends, Ryan Delilah up there and uh, just had a, a, a great time. We hunted five, six days up there hunting ptarmigan, shark tail spruce grouse and uh some roughs uh we didn't get into any roughs but uh yeah it was uh, it was awesome jigs alaska yeah we should was, we probably uh, should have talked about that <laughs> <laughs> it uh well we can do that on another one so how is like what are you what kind of terrain do you hunt ptarmigan in uh you know so it was like on the the frozen tundra was a, a lot of it you know it's crazy because so we started the climb up the mountain and you know it's just the the birds are migrating up to the, to the top, you know, and they, they were just changing colors. So they're molting real bad. There's feathers everywhere. So dogs are locking up left and right, left and right. You know, as we're going, it took us probably a couple hours before we finally caught up to the bunch. And then, uh, once we got into that one, we went and found another one, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's amazing. It, uh, so most of them are white, right? So, so they, they changed colors and this was, it would have been right at the first of October we were there. So they were changing white. Okay, what color are they before that? They're kind of like your brownish red color they got there. Okay, and then we don't have, there is spruce grouse in Minnesota, but I think it's pretty rare. But Yeah, they got some spruce there. Um, I think kind of up in your northern part of uh, the state is where you run in your spruces. Then uh, UP's got some, but you can't shoot them there. That's a big no-no. Yeah. I say, so you got into those in Alaska as well then? Yep, yep. So it was a... we, we were on like this as many species as we can over Jack, you know, Ryan ended up, he, they got a pup from us. So we flew the pup up and we were going to spend some time up there hunting, trying to get ptarmigan, uh, spruce grouse and stuff over Jack while we were there. And it was probably, it was going to be our last day hunting spruce. And I hadn't had one in the bag yet Yeah, over, over Jack, man. And these birds, you know, a lot of people, all oh, they're dumb. They're dumb. You know? Yeah. Most of them are, but, these ones we were hunting were smart. You know, they were running, flying, uh, getting themselves, pinning a tree between you guys or me and the the, the bird and just couldn't get a shot off. And it, it took a all up to the last bird of the hunt. We finally got one over Jack. Nice. So did you f- ship your dog up there? Did you drive up there? Or? 
Uh, we flew. So, uh, okay. so we, we, uh, Ryan, you know, they came down prior, picked out pairing or whatever with pups they were wanting or, uh, the mother and father of the pup they were wanting from. And, uh, we actually flew that pup and Jack with Alaska airlines all the way up and, uh, it went smooth. You know, it was, uh, Alaska was awesome. The flyaway. They really were. That's nice. So yeah. That's my, one of my goal just to go to Alaska. Yeah. They're, uh, I think it would have been like a 10 day drive for us to drive oh, um, looking at it. And, uh, that really would have tested out the marriage, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's, it was about 11, 12 hour flight, you know, with, with everything we flew out of St. Louis and, uh, Alaska was awesome with our hunting gear. You know, they waived a lot of fees and just, uh, it was great. It really was. Nice. Number five, what are you looking forward to with your 2022 season? Uh, this 2022 season, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to braid the, the snakes, you know, we're going to hit that bucket list bird that we've been ch- talking about. I think we are going to go for a prairie chicken here this fall and, uh, see if we can get one in the bag. And, and if not, just even if we South get them Dakota, over the dogs, South Dakota, Nebraska, where are you going for that? Uh, probably going to be one of the two States, you know, uh, we got a really nice invite from, uh, hopefully a future client in Nebraska and we got good friend there in Nebraska already. That's uh we, we always got a, a home if we need and uh, same thing in South Dakota. So we'll see what dates work out for everyone. And uh, we're just going to try to make a long weekend or quick weekend, I should say, and uh, get over there and run it. But uh, yeah, it'd be fun to get the dogs on them. So you always hope for it to be a quick or a long weekend, but it always ends up going quick. <laughs> yeah. this I was hoping it'd be long, but yeah, this one ended up being a quick one just with, with everything, but yeah, looking forward to that. We're going to have some up and coming youngsters starting, you know, hopefully they, uh, they're uh, producing uh, birds, you know? So yeah, really excited for all that stuff. So kind of getting a little off topic here. Do you get to hunt with quite a few of the, like your clients that you give or like bought dogs from you or. Or it, it's starting to be more and more. Yeah. Uh, we are, we kind of set some stuff up if we can't meet during season. Uh, we do have folks come in after season. We'll meet up at Highland and okay. just, uh, it, it's awesome up there. You know, it's just, uh, do you enjoy uh, that then or yeah, seeing the dogs, seeing the progress the dogs make? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, talk, you know, and a good friend of mine, we were talking about this one day. So we're looking at pursuing dogs full time eventually, you know, here in the next yeah. han- handful of years. And, and it'd be awesome just to drive to almost every state you know, or a couple States in the, in the, in the fall and just hunt with clients, you know, yeah. just, just kind of pick them out. But yeah, absolutely love doing that. And, uh, seeing our, our product that we, we produced, you know? Yeah. I said that would be a, like a satisfying thing, I guess, to me, if I were in your shoes, Yeah, <laughs> just absolutely. be able to see what your dogs have produced and how far they've come. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So the question number six we have here for you, is what shotgun are you currently shooting now? And then what's one that would be on your bucket list for shotguns? Uh, right now I am shooting a Franke Instinct uh, SL and also the LX model. I go back and forth between those two. Um, what's the difference? A, uh, so your, your SL's got your aluminum receiver and okay. your uh, LX is kind of like your bluing version. Um, the, the LX model's got that nice fancy gold stuff that they, uh, <laughs> th- they put into it, you know. So th- there's a little bit of weight difference there, maybe uh, 0.8 pounds or yeah, probably about 0.8 pounds there. They both swing about the same, you know, I don't know it's a big yeah. difference with them, but uh, yeah, just a little bit different coloration. And then, uh, you know, our, our, our wish list gun, uh, was that on your question? Yep. 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 Like so, to hear what people yep. Want. <laughs> yep. so, you know, there's that, uh, we got some awesome friends and they are clients and friends now, you know, we, we talk about maybe going to that Upland gun company and okay. getting a couple side-by-side or getting three side-by-sides built and uh, just calling it the three Amigo edition. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's kind of the planned future for a gun. It is. is so. I say they look like super nice guns. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, they're crazy. We're uh, just uh, keep saving up for it. And uh, yeah, right. when we go to do it, it'd, it'd be fun. Right. I say I don't know if I could switch to a side by side. I picked up a few at Pheasant Fest and I'm just like, God dang, I like want to like it, but I just yeah. have to go with the stacked barrels if I do. I mean I shoot auto semi automatic right now. Sure. Let's say I want to go to plan for this year is to buy a 
a 20 gauge over under before my season starts. So, yep, you bet. Yeah, yeah. I think a, a side by side with a dual trigger is the way to go. I should, I just go off. I could get used to the dual trigger. I'd pull, <laughs> I'd pull one and be like, all right. Or you'd be pulling thing. them both at the same time. Probably. Yeah. More, more firepower. More BBs <laughs> down the ring. <laughs> there you go. I got a couple of questions for you, Chewy. Yeah. Before we close out here. So you talked about using GPS. What uh, GPS are you running? For uh, your so I, I run the Garmin Alpha. Uh, I ran the Alpha 100 for a handful of years. And then uh, now I just upgrade to the 200i. I put it through a lot of uh, battle wounds, if you will. You know, I beat yeah. them up. I really do. And they hold up really well. I think I, I've gone through one alpha um, through those handful of years, you know, just to, I had to get it replaced. But yeah, I, I absolutely like them a lot. They, uh, they work well. It's always nice to know it's that, it's that safety insurance with the, the GPS, yeah. you know. Well, yeah, I can go up to nine miles. So I'm looking at, well, after this year, because this is like my dog's first like actual year. So things just like clicked for him at the start of the year, whereas it was sure. kind of hit or miss last year. And now I got them going on point and cattails and I can't find them with <laughs> the basic uh, Garmin like Delta upland collar. Yep. And it's like, okay, where's Riggs at? Oh crap. He's way over there. It, uh, so I, I used to run beepers, you know, a handful of years ago and I, I hunt silent now. Everything's quiet and I, yeah. I got away from the beepers. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I know where you're at. I say the beeper came with this collar, but his recall was the tone sure yeah he kind of like oh he got all worked up when the beeper was going so i just kind of just like whatever it doesn't need to be on you so check that thing in the creek or something yeah (laughs) right yeah and he does just fine without it but i figured it i was like well i think i'm just gonna invest the money especially if i get another one here so i can keep an eye on probably won't run two at the same time but just like you're talking having the power to run two dogs or one dog and one big field yep. and another and a different one because early season does a number on them when it's those early mornings and late evenings and it's still like 60 70 degrees outside short hunts mm-hmm. also another question i have for you just got my first bag of a nook shook i saw that you were wearing the hat yeah but how did how long have you been feeding your dogs that and how are they liking it um so we started feeding them probably we switched everyone over probably mid-summer of uh 2021 Okay. Um, who are you love feeding? It. What were you feeding beforehand? Uh, we were feeding Kinetic is is who we were beforehand, and um, just uh, need to make a change, and we switched over to Nook Shook. You know, we we uh, Nook Shook contacted us back in like 2018 and sent us a couple bags down, and we tried it then. Absolutely loved it. You know, the the dogs look look great and whatnot but you know at the time we didn't have anything any issues with what we were feeding uh yeah. prior so um yeah ran into uh starting 2021 midsummer and put everyone on it and it took about two about two months before we noticed any change in the coats and uh actually their weight you know they gone up i feed less that's one thing i noticed right away he's only been yeah. out for a few days but i've only yesterday was only two cups and he was perfectly fine with two cups yeah. Whereas the pro plan, we're feeding three, one, mm-hmm. three, like three times a day. And, and also his stools are a lot better. So I've noticed that. Yeah. It's a night and day, isn't it? it uh, right. So, it's crazy so, how quick he like diarrhea on Sunday and then he got his new food on Sunday. Yep. So, yep. and now we're, yeah. Yeah. I don't we want to talk we, about poop. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We switched uh, cold turkey, you know, with our pups and, uh, had enough of it, switch cold turkey, and yeah, it's uh, they changed about a day and a half later. Been having very good luck with it. I, uh, it's weird, you know, because it's got grain in it, you know, so you always yeah. think like your dog's gonna maybe want more water, want more water in the field, you know. One thing I've noticed is my dogs drink at the kennel finally, you know, <laughs> where before I, I, I wouldn't have to fill up any water dishes if I, you know, didn't want to get them fresh water. Nowadays, you know, they're drinking. I fill them up, and when we're in the field, I, I, I get less pit stops, I, I've noticed. That's so, good. yeah, it's been awesome. I'm going to say plus, uh, I like the idea of being able to feed twice a day because when we're out hunting, I can barely get them to eat once a day. So Yep, yep. It's yeah, usually yeah. that shoving his kennel at night when we're out and be like, okay, eat your food. Yeah, 
I think we have one dog out there. Uh, you know, a lot of our clients switch to it as well. Uh, we got one dog that doesn't really, he'll just sniff his nose and, uh, or turn his nose away from it, you know, but other than that, everyone's just loved it. They no issues with the, the finicky eaters. We, uh, like you said, you know, we, we feed, uh, about a cup in the morning and then, you know, during hard season, we'll feed another cup and a half, two cups in the evening with them. Okay. Are yeah. you doing the 26, 16, or are you running heavier than that? Sure. Uh, during season, you know, we were, we were running 30, 25. And then I ran the, I ran the Marine 25 on all the girls and the 30, 25 on all the males, you know, we're, we're experimenting there. Okay. Uh, I myself didn't see a big difference with them. Uh, stools just a little, not too much, you know. Um, but it's, uh, probably something just for reproduction purposes. I'll, I'll switch everyone to the Marine. Uh, puppies are all on the 2616 doing really well. Uh, the pups that we just sent home, they're, they're all doing fantastic with it. Nice, nice thick bone pups, you know. So that's what I just switched mine to 2616. I didn't really want to go any heavier because like, well, well, I start working out outside here doing landscaping. So sure, you do get a lot of swimming in during the summer, but you know, say your activity level might go down here during the day. So, oh yeah. Yeah. You'll be really happy with it. That's I seem to like it so far, but I don't grant it's only been two days. So sure. But Michael, do you have any? Oh, yeah. We were talking earlier, and I know you said you're no history buff, but I kind of want to know a little bit about this. What's kind of like the history of the Llewellyns? So your, your history of Llewellyns, you know, that they're uh, an English setter. How, how's everyone say this? Uh, uh, Llewellyn is an English setter, but not all English setters are Llewellyns, right? So, you know, back then they, they did some experimenting with uh, some breeds. And on the English setter side, you know, of things, and they uh, came up with this, this Llewellyn, you know, Parcel did, uh, Laverack, they were all together with it. Uh, they were looking, get away from kind of like the show part of things and trying to concentrate on, I, I, I call them meat dogs, you know, if you will. But uh, you notice a little bit difference uh, hunt style in the fields with, you know, with our Llewellyns, I should say. Um, they're, they're not for everyone, but yeah, you'll get to where you kind of get that set style and, uh, yeah, we, we, we call it the old school way and we keep it here with us. So what's the main difference between the Llewellyn and the English setter you as know, far as like a hunting, out, like, like a hunting standpoint, you, you know, on a hunting standpoint, you, there's Llewellyns that run, you know, big, uh, fast, you know, so there's really not a big difference, you know, when you come down to it, because you'll have your other English setters that run nice, close, uh, just like our Llewellyns that, that we produce, you know? Um, so you kind of go back and forth with it, but, uh, everything, you know, the, the purity of the, the breed, you know, if you will, for the most part, you really can't tell a super big difference. You know, you, you kind of on both parties, you got the same style of dog. Only thing difference that I know is I don't see very many like English setters setting like our dogs do. You know, they're, okay. they're all standing tall with a high head, high tail or, or like a, a 10 o'clock tail. You know, you, you won't see very much slouching on the ground. With them. I say it is a pretty point though. When they do go on point, you see that nice big old tail. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if the Wallens do that as well too, or uh, they do, you know, in, you know, I think that's what uh, I love about our pups, you know, so we got that old school way that I was talking about, you know, where yep. they're setting um, and then at times they're standing tall. It just, it kind of all depends, you know, like when we're out West uh, you'll see a lot of our dogs standing tall just because they got the wind and the, okay. the grass isn't, it isn't covering, you know, where when they grouse are, woods. yeah, your grouse woods, you know, they, if the grouse are in the tree, you're probably going to get them standing tall, you know, but if that grouse is on the ground and that, that, that wind's just swirling, uh, they're going to be setting. It's just, uh, if they feel like they've been caught by the bird, they're setting, you know, I, I, I just call them the little ninjas, you know, they're doing every move they can not <laughs> to pressure that bird, you know, ours go into kind of a, a wicked stock, you know, it almost looks like a cat stock. So like my tracking dogs, I get up there and if my dogs, if my dogs are still there, that bird's going to be right there. But if they start moving, when I start walking with them, you'll start seeing the little cat stock with them and kind of working the scent out. Sweet. It's going to be fun to hunt with her on. I've never actually seen a setter work any type yep. of setter. So 
it'd be fun to hunt behind one in the future. Yeah, absolutely. You guys, we'll have to get together. It's a, it's a different hunt. It really is. The, a lot of our clients that we are guiding, you know, they hunt strictly behind uh, short hairs. So yeah. they, they start hunting behind, behind these uh, Lou Ellens. It's a, it's a different hunt for them. And it's usually the, the talk of the, the town. Well, you haven't hunted behind a guy with the short hair and a guy with the American cocker yet, so. Hey, I'll be there. It'll be a party. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll have a few beers. <laughs> yep. Uh, Chewy, do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you? Like, if you wanna, they want to reach out to you and talk to the Wellens and possibly be getting, look forward to getting a dog, and where can they yeah. find you at? Uh, so we got our website up and going. It's uh, cashsetters.com. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook. If, uh, you send us an email, we can set up a time to talk and, uh, go from there. All right. Sweet. And guys, uh, we appreciate all the following you do for us and we appreciate the, the following we've had so far. And if you guys want to keep following us, follow us along at Upland Nomads podcast on Instagram. Yeah.